1: Bon beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. Coming to you, well, not live, but we are coming to you from the Fantastic Studios on location at a farm in Missouri. Yes, that's right. This is not in our usual spot. If the audio sounds a little different, that may be why. If you hear the sound of hummingbirds in the background, that may be why. But we are here today to do a really cool episode of Fantastic Cruising. We have a special guest. My mom, she's going to be with us later on in this episode. But real quick, before we go any further, I just want to go over some of just the normal things I like to talk about. For example, I want to make sure everybody knows about the Facebook group, Fantastic Cruising over on Facebook, the Fantastic Cruising community. Go over there, join up so you can meet lots of cool and interesting people, learn lots of fun facts, and even maybe get into our Inktober thing, which we're going to talk about towards the end of this episode. If you do want to do that, make sure you answer those questions. They're not right or wrong, but we do need to know that you're serious enough to answer a couple questions to let you in. I also want to let you guys know that we have some t-shirts on Teespring. Speaking of Inktober, we're getting close to October and Halloween. We've got our fantastic Cruising shirts up there, as well as two sort of Day of the Dead, Halloween-y type themed shirts. So check those out over on Teespring. And also, of course, go over to YouTube and join over there. Make sure that you hit that bell so you're notified every time a new video comes out. You can listen to the podcast over there on YouTube as well. And if you really want to help out, make sure that you go over to Patreon. Consider joining Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Fantastic Cruising. There's different levels to join. If you want to support the show financially right now, you might get actual personally drawn art. So anyway, that's enough of that. I want to get into a little bit of cruise news. I know, I know I don't usually do any cruise news, but I felt like this was a story and that has to do with the Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line. So I've got Kimber here with me today as well. Kimber, do you want to talk about the Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Bahamas Paradise is going to start resuming their cruises again after Dorian has come through, and they're going to Nassau.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a change. They used to just go to Freeport, and of course Freeport is on Grand Bahama Island, which got the brunt of Dorian. And, I, you know, kudos to them because they're a small cruise line. I know all the cruise lines did stuff to help out, but they really stepped up and used their ships to transport workers and families that live on the island or that new people on the island back and forth and now they are ready to resume their cruises and they're adding nasa so that is pretty cool
2: it's super cool maybe we should do it now
1: they do have really good rates i saw they had like really really good rates right now i think it was like 105 dollars or something like that for the cruise and then that was for one person second person was like half off it was like crazy cheap
2: why didn't you tell me that until just
1: now because we're in Missouri. Good point. All right, well, let's get into our special guest, the one, the only Mama Sandy. I got my mom on here everybody because you by demand, by popular demand. People were like, "We want Mama Sandy on the podcast." This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Mama Sandy isn't on the podcast and then people are like, "You know what? We don't really need that Matt guy. We could just make it the Mama Sandy and Kimbra podcast." Look, if that happens, then I I'm going to be really sad. So that's all that's all I got to say about that. But We do have my mom here, and she has cruised multiple times, so we're going to talk to her about cruising. So say hello, Mama Sandy. Hello, Mama Sandy. (laughs) And look, how many cruises have you been on now, Mom? Six. Six cruises. Five with me. (sighs) not six with me, just five with me, but the first one was with me, and that was that was a few years back on the Carnival Paradise four-night cruise, went just to Cozumel and back. I think we had a couple sea days, one in the front, one in the back. Do you remember that cruise very well? Sure do. That's when I fell in love with cruising. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, six cruises later, I hope so, because otherwise, why would you go on five more cruises if you didn't? But yeah, you did enjoy that cruise quite a bit, even though it was a really short cruise. You I mean, a lot of people ask, like, should I start cruising with a short cruise or a long cruise? It's a hard question to really answer, but I think for most people starting off with like a four or five night cruise is the way to go. I almost feel like I started with a three night cruise. It was almost not enough time. It was enough for me to get me hooked But, uh, man, I I already knew it was too short. So a four-night cruise, a five-night cruise, that's a really good, like, entry-level cruise. So we went to Cozumel. We went to Chonkanab, which is an amazing place. And uh, we snorkeled, right? We sure did. And do you you remember uh, your favorite thing you saw under the water there, snorkeling? The wall of fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always a bunch of grunts. If you go to Chonkinob. And you swim out away from the beach. There's some coral heads. And usually under the coral heads, there are just like hundreds of different species of grunts. Usually a few different species, but hundreds of fish. It's just like a solid wall of fish. Very, very cool. You can't fish there, though. You can't go fishing there. So I know some of you are thinking about that. You can't do it. So don't think about it anymore. All right. The next cruise you went on was Royal Caribbean, also with me. That was the Enchantment of the Seas, also a four-night cruise. But this one was Eastern Caribbean. Well, really, it was the Bahamas, not Eastern Caribbean. And that was Coco Cay and Nassau, Coco Cay before all the new changes and stuff. Now, you went on Royal Caribbean right after you went on Carnival. And I'm wondering, did you notice a big difference in your experience between those two different cruise lines?
0: I didn't notice a big difference, but I did notice a difference. I thought that the people went out of their way to be more accommodating and uh, take better care of all of the cruisers on Royal Caribbean than they did on Carnival. Not that I don't like Carnival. I love Carnival, but I just felt there was much more concern for the passengers' happiness.
1: Yeah, and I would say that I've had similar experiences. I've been on a few Royal Caribbean ships. I've been on a lot more Carnival ships. And and like you're saying, Mom, I, I would never say that Carnival is giving poor service because they're not. They're giving amazing service, but all things being relative, Royal Caribbean and the experiences that I've had were just kicking it up a notch and just, you know, they, they not only do they know your name, but they know like things about you. It's almost creepy, but really cool and really endearing and it can really just add some value to that uh to that Royal Caribbean experience. Now, uh of course we've got Kimber here too. You have not been on Royal Caribbean yet. We're going to try and fix that. But uh you have been on the Carnival Paradise and that's your favorite ship, right? That's right. And you've been to Cozumel. I have. And you've been to Chunkanab? No. Ah, so we need to get you to Chunkanab. Where did you go in Cozumel?
2: Um, the first time, actually, I guess I've been to Cozumel three times. So I've been to Mr. Sancho's, um, I've been to Paradise Island, and then the last time I went, we just kind of walked around, um, like the main little port shopping area a little bit.
1: Okay, that's cool. The thing about Cozumel is there is so much to do there. There are so many options, so many choices. And Mr. Sancho's is one of the most popular ones. You actually have told me you really, really liked Paradise Island too, right?
2: I yeah, I loved. It was cool because we did like the Twister boat ride over there, so it was not only like an awesome like island to be on, but the the ride over there was cool too.
1: Yeah, it sounded treacherous to me, but you said it was fun.
2: It was amazing.
1: <laughs> all right, now, uh, back to Royal Caribbean and our little Coco Cay Nassau thing. So Coco Cay is one of my favorite places. They just added all the things to it. They water slide all those amenities. But uh, my favorite thing about Coco Cay is getting in the water and seeing the wildlife. It's such an amazing place to snorkel. And I think, Mom, you snorkeled with me there, right? I sure did. And we saw some cool stuff, right? Like we saw some colorful fish and what else what else do we see there
0: a tiny squid and a big barracuda
1: big barracuda tiny squid cool cool place i think one of my favorite things about that particular area to snorkel is that you get some coral areas but you also get grass flats Um, so you get kind of different habitats or ecosystems with or mini ecosystems within that area and so that increases your odds of seeing more different types of things more diversity biodiversity so pretty cool stuff. And then in Nassau, we did a tour in Nassau, right? We did. And uh, tell us about what you remember from that tour. We did the Queen's Wall. Uh, Staircase.
0: Staircase, thank you. The Queen's Staircase, which was really beautiful. And then we did a tour of a uh, whiskey manufacturing place. What Uh, was that?
1: Oh, that's rum. John Watling's rum. My mom's not a big drinker. I'm not a drinker at all.
0: But you know, hey, if
1: you can remember whiskey and rum, then you know your son's favorite. So, yeah. uh, John Watling's rum distillery is is really good. It's great rum, and you get free samples.
0: Yes, and you did, yes. and you got mine too.
1: Yes, take your mom if she's not a drinker. You get two, free, you get double samples. It's buy one get one free, and it's free to begin with. So it's free one get one free. No, anyway, go to John Watling's. It's good stuff. What else did we do?
0: We went over to Atlantis, which I had dreamed of seeing. The columns, the brickwork, everything in it, the tile, everything in it was just amazing. Just so beautiful. We didn't go there to swim. We just took the tour, but it was worth every minute of it.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty impressive place to go. We did not get to go to the aquarium, which I've heard is is really cool. The water park is supposed to be outstanding, but just going into the hotel and like you said seeing all the different designs and stuff, the architecture, the, that huge, I remember that huge chair that we sat on, got our pictures taken, and uh, that casino walking through there. The seahorses on the walls were really, really neat. So that was, that was a good time. Now, Kimbra, you've been to NASA. What did you do in NASA? I did
2: a Stingray excursion.
1: Stingray excursion. And was it run and operated by Stingrays? Or was just Stingrays just part of it?
2: I'd like to say that, that it was run and operated by Stingrays. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Because that would have been really funny.
1: I don't know if they have their license to drive boats and vehicles in Nassau either. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Yeah, no. It was just a Stingray like touch and kind of feed experience.
1: Okay, cool. And And you said there was like... Dolphin opportunities on that same place and, and things like that, too.
2: Yeah, it was a little island thing. Um, and we saw people doing dolphin excursions and there's like a little restaurant and bar. And then we, of course, did the stingray thing.
1: So it's it's almost like a, a smaller island experience. If you want to go and get some of those things, like, you know, you hear about stingray experiences in Grand Cayman. You can get those other places, too. Now, of course, a lot of people would go to Atlantis for those And you can do that and they're probably amazing, but um, you can probably save a little money, maybe get a smaller crowd. I don't know. Was it crowded when you do that excursion?
2: No. So they had groups of people that kind of went in at different times. Um, But as far as like the little island went, it was pretty empty, but it was also kind of chilly. So we kind of hung out on the beach, but people, they had boats running back and forth kind of constantly. So I think people did that a bit.
1: So here's a little cruise tip, unplanned cruise tip that Kimber learned the hard way because you went on that cruise in like, what, January or something?
2: Yeah, it was mid to early January.
1: And people think, oh, I'm going on a cruise. It's automatically going to be warm. Well, if you're going to the Bahamas, pull out a map, pull out Google Maps and take a gander because Grand Bahama, Nassau, all those areas – Those are really there as far north and even further north than Miami. And I know that you guys up north think that it never gets cold in Florida. And compared to what you have to deal with, it doesn't. But when you're on a cruise and you're thinking about getting in the water, it can get into the 50s, 60s, maybe even the 40s on a rare occasion. So uh, if you're going to go on a winter, dead of winter cruise, you want to go a little bit further south if you really wanna make sure that it's nice and, and warm for you to get in the water. So that's just a little, little extra tip there. So Nassau was good. That was a fun cruise. We really enjoyed that. Your next cruise, Mom, was a different kind of cruise. It was a place I've never been, and that is Alaska. So um, you were there for seven nights on the ship, and then six nights on land, And this time you weren't on Royal Caribbean, you weren't on Carnival, you were on Princess, the Star Princess to be specific. And for those of you that aren't aware, Princess is basically, it's owned by Carnival Corporation, but it's sort of their upscale line. Whereas like Celebrity is sort of the same thing for Royal Caribbean. So tell us a little bit about the Star Princess and what your impressions were of that ship.
0: It was a beautiful ship. I think our room was probably a little larger than those that we had on Carnival. We had a balcony, which I love. Um, The food was different than Carnival. I would say it was a step above what we had had. And it was gamier and more related to where we were. Very, very good. The service was excellent. And we we just enjoyed it so much. We would go back in a minute.
1: So I'm glad that you said that because I had... John Klejkowski on here, like a couple episodes ago. And John was on an Alaskan cruise, the same one as Griffin Alyssa. So there's like double vlogs for that if you guys watch their YouTube channels. If you don't, then go watch them because they're awesome. Anyway, um, one of their complaints about the ship, and they were on a Royal Caribbean ship, was that the food choices were very much the same as they are in the Caribbean. And in fact, the same as they are on every single other Royal Caribbean ship that they go on. Now, both. Griffin, Alyssa and John are probably primarily Royal Caribbean sailors. So they've I think I think they've been on other lines. I know Griffin, Alyssa have, but they've sailed more Royal Caribbean. And so they kind of know, you know, well, day one, we're going to have this at the main dining room, day two. And they were hoping it'd be different since it's Alaska, but it wasn't. And they had like a really no spoil not to spoil anything, but uh, I I think the secret's out. They had a really bad experience food wise on that ship, not just with the selection but also the quality. But you had more Alaska specific type uh, menu, right? So it was it was based on what you would maybe expect, like you said, gamier, but different types of meat, different types of like what what are some things you saw or ate on that cruise?
0: Lots of seafood. Uh, we didn't have any bear, or Joe would have eaten it,
1: but <laughs> no. roast, and,
0: yeah, roast and meat and things that the men really enjoyed uh lots of meat and potato type meals
1: okay so more american type stuff and and just more hearty Yes, kind of if not like more the like fancy caribbean type things that you might find on on a caribbean cruise which to me that makes sense like like john said who or griff one of the two said i don't know i can't i don't know who's who and one of them told me they were like who wants to eat conch salad in alaska like that doesn't make any sense like you should be eating something like stew or something that you salmon know, yeah. salmon yeah that that makes so much more sense so that's a little bit of advice maybe if you are thinking about going to Alaska uh, you might want to consider what cruise line you're going on and um, as far as if you're concerned about the the food and stuff uh, maybe check out princess if I don't know how carnival does their food service up there if anybody has any experiences with Carnival or or Norwegian. Uh, what what are their menus like up there? Let me know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. I'd be interested to know, is Royal Caribbean the only one that doesn't change their menu? Is it just the ship that they were on? Like what's what's going on? What's going on with that? Let let me know. And then so you were in Alaska and like I said, I've not been there, but everybody that goes just goes on and on about how amazing it is. And I know when you got back, you were like, oh Matt, this is amazing. You gotta go. Seven nights, your first stop was in Ketchikan. Do you remember what you did in in Ketchikan? Were you just running around looking for cans to catch?
0: No, we took a train. took a train.
1: (laughs) Took a train in Ketchikan. Where did you go?
0: We went to um, the Scenic Railroad, and we went over into Canada and to the British Columbia. We went over many, many bridges, saw beautiful trees and waterfalls, it was on an old type train car that you could walk from car to car. There's a coffee car. It was huge windows, so you could watch out and see everything. And made several stops so we could get good pictures of it.
1: Okay, cool. And uh, and so that was a fun excursion. So you go. So you did boats, trains, and automobiles, like a John Candy film. Not no quite. automobiles. No, no okay. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then your next stop was Juno. And uh, what what did you do in Juneau?
0: We zip lined.
1: Oh no!
0: And I hate heights like Me you too. do, Matthew. Yes,
1: but that apple didn't fall far from the tree. And the no. fall, by the way, was terrifying because I'm afraid of heights.
0: I looked at those trees, which are absolutely amazing. They're taller than any trees I've ever seen here in the other states but they were huge, and they were tall, and they were beautiful, and the other three that were with me said, let's zip line." and I said, there is no way, and then they said, well, we're going to, and I'm like, well, you're not leaving me behind, so like a fool, I zip lined. I was petrified. I knew I was going to knock everybody else off the tiny little platform <laughs> and kill them, but I didn't. At the end, I begged the entire time to let them have them let me go down on the ground. But they kept saying, no, that'd be worse than continuing the trip. So at the end, they gave us a gold medal on a red ribbon that yeah. said, I zip lined." They took our picture ziplining, and I wore that for the entire week. I was so <laughs> proud <laughs> that I had lived through it. I would never do it again, but I really am glad I tried it. My husband, Joe, absolutely loved it. He would zip line every day of the week if he could. So it's just a matter of preference. I'm a scaredy cat.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you put a cruise creature there, maybe I would do it. But yeah, I'm not a fan of heights, but I know I know you said Joe really, really liked it. And I suspect that a lot of people would if you like zip lining even a little bit, it's gonna be amazing. And if even if you're not sure about zip lining, but you're willing to try it, you're probably gonna have a good experience and like like you be really proud of that you kind of overcame that fear and and, and that accomplishment. So that's really cool. And then the next stop was Skagway. Do you remember what happened in Skagway?
0: We were supposed to take a helicopter ride and go up to the glaciers and land on them and walk on them. But because it was so foggy, we weren't able to do that. Instead, we took a tram in the fog up to the top (laughs) of a mountain. But when we got up there, it was absolutely beautiful. There were museums with uh, different things from Alaska. There were animals. There were eagles. It was a great alternate uh, choice. When we got down off the mountain, we went on a whale-watching trip. Nice. Saw so many humpback whales, saw seals, saw sea lions, and that's where I wanted to be in the first place, so I was in (laughs) whale heaven.
1: Did you make the fog happen?
0: I didn't know how or I would have.
1: (laughs) I uh, I know that John almost, he did the glacier helicopter thing, and it almost got canceled because or was it a plane or a helicopter? I think it was helicopter. It almost got canceled because of the fog. So apparently that's something that happens a lot. I don't know, certain times of the year it's more common, but it's it sounds like they're really prepared for that and they're able to give people, like you said, an alternate experience that was outstanding and you got to see all those creatures which I'm sure I mean she is my mom she is a creature person this is where I get my creature love so I'm sure that you had an absolute blast and then it was interesting because we were looking at the at the cruise that you were on and it's not like a regular cruise where it's just like sea day sea day it lists like on your quote unquote sea days you're in some place called Glacier Bay and then another place called uh, College Fjord So this is different than a normal sea day on on like a Caribbean cruise?
0: Yes. Most of the day while we were in Glacier Bay, we were going in between the glaciers. That was the only cold day the entire trip to Alaska. We had learned to take layers, which we did, and we wore a very thin winter coat that one day was cold. The other days were in the 70s.
1: Nice. Okay. and. And so you said you had a balcony room. Yes. And and this is another thing that I have heard is that um, balconies are always amazing and wonderful. But if you go to Alaska, it's almost a necessity. Like you got to get a balcony because it's just so, so scenic, which I could see because in a Caribbean cruise, most of your view, most of the time is just the open ocean, which is awesome. But You always want to be out there and see when you're coming into port. Well, because it's Alaska, I guess you're close to the coast. You're close to land. You're seeing more amazing things all the time. It's not the same view. So Balcony would be definitely the way to go. And then you got off the ship and your cruise didn't really end. Like you booked this whole thing through Princess and it was six nights on land after you were on the ship, and there you you got off at Anchorage, and then you were in, uh, what, Whittier and Denali and Fairbanks, like two nights in each of those places, so it was like a super long experience. What were some of the highlights from the land portion of your cruise?
0: I think Denali was my favorite. That's when we saw bear, we saw moose, we saw so much wildlife. We were on a bus, um, they had a television, you could watch the animals, or you could watch through the windows, But very up close and personal with the wildlife, made many stops where we could look out over the mountains, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful tour.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, every time, I always say, "Eh, Alaska's not that high on my list, but then every time I talk to somebody who's been to Alaska, I'm like, man, I should probably rethink that. I don't know. What what about you, Kimber? Do you want to go to Alaska?
2: I have mixed feelings about Alaska. I... I think it'd be really cool to see all the scenes in the wildlife. But after that cruise that I did in January where it was cold, I don't like the idea of it being cold.
1: So it'd be really cool, but also literally cool. Is that the, the problem? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I that's kind of where I'm at. But then I hear about these things. I mean, I think your mindset might be different, though. Like if you're in Alaska, you're not thinking about getting in the water and swimming although i have heard there is a snorkeling excursion you could do in alaska would you snorkel in alaska
2: yeah i think i'd snorkel in alaska
1: yeah i think you wear like a dry suit which if you're not familiar with that it's like you have the wetsuit which lets water into it and then it's like a layer of neoprene that gets heated up by your the water layer gets heated up by your body and the neoprene holds it in and insulates it so that's how a wetsuit works a dry suit doesn't let that water in So you're literally, it's just like you're out of the water, you're bundled up in like long johns or whatever. And then the dry suit just does what it sounds like it would do. It keeps you dry and therefore keeps you a little bit warmer. But uh, yeah, I would definitely give that a shot and see what it's like. Very, very cool. All right. Now your next cruise, you came back to your senses, you decided to cruise with your son again. And uh, so on this cruise, we went with not just uh, just not just us but we went with our really good friends Bev and Charlie who are great cruising companions and this was a, again this was a carnival glory and we went to the western caribbean one of my favorite runs we went to grand cayman we went to roatan and that's in honduras we went to belize and then we went to cozumel and uh, and this was this was well you were on the seven night in alaska but this is your first really long Caribbean cruise. And um, I don't know, Do you what What were your favorites from that cruise? Grand Cayman, Honduras, Belize. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. What, do you remember anything being like your favorite thing that stood out? I think the riverboat
0: ride and we saw the manatees was probably my favorite one.
1: And that was in Belize. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because uh, Belize is another one of those ports like Nassau that kind of gets a bad rap like people are like oh there's not as much to do in Belize and that sort of thing but uh, but we had a good time we went on that river cruise and the guide was really good it was really neat to see just the the people living like i felt like we really got a cultural experience in Belize and we did see the manatees and that was pretty cool yeah that was a good time all right so yeah Belize was was a good time and i'm glad that you said that like cuz like i said doesn't always get the best reputation as fun ports and then Um, Let's see Grand Cayman You did the Stingray Oh I love
0: that I forgot about that Yes Loved it
1: So that one was actually a private company It wasn't the one through the cruise line You got to go out and interact with the Stingrays Visit the the neighboring boat that didn't belong
0: to us Is that the
1: one where you got on the wrong boat? (laughs)
0: Yes (laughs) I was so excited about the Stingrays I lost direction
1: (laughs) So, you know, if you are going on some sort of snorkeling excursion, make sure that you get on the right boat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just look at that name, you know, make have some sort of identifier. And then in Honduras, we went to one of my favorite places, Maya Key, and uh, snorkeled there. We snorkeled on that amazing coral reef at Maya Key. And uh, Kimber, you've been to Maya Key, right? Yes, I have. And you snorkeled there? I did. What else did you do at Maya Key?
2: Um, we did the monkeys. Oh, yeah, you and got we, to meet the monkeys and yeah, stuff. They that climbed all cool. over and pulled my hair.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Just like camp. All right. So, and then uh, and then Cozumel, let's see. What Oh, I remember what happened in Cozumel. Charlie and I Went swimming with whale sharks. That was an amazing experience. And I, I don't remember. Did you guys just went shopping and we stuff? We went right? shopping.
0: It was pouring down rain that day. Do you remember
1: that? Well, it wasn't where we were. We, it was. It was a little bit overcast, but we had to go all the way up to Cancun and then out on a boat and stuff. So we had a little bit, a little bit of rain and mostly just choppy seas. It wasn't. wasn't too terrible, but yeah, I remember it rained where you guys were, and then we got back super late to the (laughs) ship but they knew that was that was like a prearranged kind of deal and then the next cruise you went on was a day longer so that was an eight night and that one was on the carnival vista so we're at two two more carnival ships now and the vista at that time was the flagship of carnival's fleet it was the newest ship and still is one of the newest and uh and that one was the Eastern Caribbean, well, kind of Southern Caribbean, because we went to Grand Turk, Dominican Republic, Curacao, and Aruba. So, what, and, and on that one, we were again with Charlie and Bev, but also with their kids, which was uh, Katie and her husband Andrew. So, what were the highlights of that cruise for you?
0: The monkeys were great. I love the monkeys. That was
1: Dominican Republic. Yes.
0: But I love Curacao. I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It was everything I'd seen pictures of but didn't think I'd ever get to see. It was gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I mean, Curacao is almost like traveling back in history and uh, just seeing that old architecture mixed with the uh, Caribbean and just the place where where I snorkeled was just unbelievable for different species of animals. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's why I say Bombini. I mean, it's it's just a really, really remarkable spot and then Aruba was pretty memorable too. Aruba was we went on that catamaran, and I was afraid to get on the catamaran because you had had a little bit of seasickness, and that I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, it was it was super windy, and I'm like, oh man, she's gonna get seasick on there. I don't want her to get seasick, but you didn't. You had a great time.
0: I had my patch on behind my ear. Yeah,
1: yeah, it makes had, a world of difference. Yeah, so the patches work if you have motion sickness out there, and. Um, we did this snorkeling thing. One was a shallow snorkel. The other one was on a a shipwreck. But the, really the highlight of that was actually the crew on the catamaran who were just so much fun. Like I, I would, I wouldn't be the guy who was like, I want to go on the party catamaran boat. Like that's not my scene, but I'll tell you what, they got everybody just up and happy and having a good time. And it was just a really wonderful experience. That was that was all that crew doing that. Right, right. And then do you remember the bus ride back yes. to the port? So you get on the bus, you're like, okay, the, the our experience is over. We just got to get on a bus and go back to the ship. No, no. This was the bus. The driver was just as fun as the guys on the catamaran. He's blaring the music. He's got music for everybody, everything from Greece to fun type of stuff you'd expect on a cruise ship. They was playing, I love rock and roll by Joan Jett. Everybody on that bus was singing their hearts out. So it was, it was a really, really good experience that whole day. So then your last cruise, which was also uh, my last cruise which was on the Carnival Breeze, a seven night cruise. That one was special because it was the Lolita Loca Cruise Geeks group cruise. And so we were cruising with all kinds of people and um, that was a blast. That was that was kind of an Eastern Caribbean run. We went to Dominican Republic again, St. Thomas, Puerto Rico, and Grand Turk. And um, I know which one of those was my favorite. Which one was your favorite? San Juan. San Juan. She loves San Juan. Which I got I got to give it to San Juan. I know they had some trouble recently, but man, that old San Juan was just amazing. And I was so impressed that it was so clean, like no litter, like you know. Mm. I just had to do a cleanup in Tampa, and it was disgusting but uh it was just a beautiful area and we had a lot of fun there uh ate some good food it was it, we had some good drinks there it was really really fun uh, st thomas absolutely beautiful we got to swim with sea turtles which was a good time did you like swimming with sea turtles i loved
0: swimming with sea
1: turtles <laughs> only thing is it was a pretty crowded excursion but um still a really good time and uh, grand turk I just got in the water and snorkeled around. I think you just kind of went shopping and stuff at Grand Turk. Yes. And Dominican Republic, we did another monkey thing. Monkeys,
0: yes. And that was good. That was mm-hmm. a good time. So
1: so those are the cruises that you have been on. And um, what would you say, like if, if somebody was like, why cruise? Like what, like they don't get it or something like that. What would you tell them? Like why do you enjoy cruising so much?
0: It's beautiful. It's relaxing. It's relaxing. You stay with the people that you're with, you're friendly with, um, you love. You aren't out in a crowd away from one another, but you spend most of the time, if not all the time together. Music's good. Food's good. Beautiful, beautiful sights.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like stress-free for the mm-hmm. most part and just, yeah, just, just all that stuff is, is right there at your fingertips. And uh, and, and let me ask you this. Um, people often want to know if you're like an avid cruiser, are you a port person or are you a ship person? What would your answer be to that?
0: I'm a port person.
1: (laughs) You said port with a T, right? I'm a port person. Because if you are a port person, maybe you couldn't, well, cruising is a pretty affordable vacation. So anyway, yes, a port person. And I guess, again, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. I am a port person. I think everybody is sort of a mixture for the most part. I mean, I definitely enjoy my ship time. And I think you do as well. But, um, but yeah, I, I cruise for ports and the ship is just a perk for me. What about you, Kimber? What is, what are you a ship person or a port person?
2: I'd say I'm just a cruise person. Like I, I like the ship, but it's mostly just to be on the water and I like the ports, but it's mostly to be by the water.
1: So you're just a water person. I'm a water person. (laughs) Whatever. I'm a, yeah. Uh, okay. You're not a, if you were a port person, I'd question it. Cause I know you prefer sangria, but, uh, but you're going to say water person and that makes sense. So you're, you're, maybe you're like, maybe you're 50, 50 then you're, like, it doesn't matter. Like it's all, it's all good. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Cause I want to be on a ship. It doesn't really matter which one. I mean, they're cool to see all the different ones. Um, as far as the ports, I don't really, yeah, I've got some favorites, but as long as I'm going somewhere different, I'm good.
1: Cool. All right. So that wraps up my mom's cruising history, the entire saga of cruising history. What you guys don't realize because of the magic of editing is that we recorded that whole segment as up to now, several hours ago. And then since then, we have gone out, my mom has wrangled cows. We have gone to a popcorn place called, what's that popcorn place called, Mom? Popcorn Buddha. Popcorn Buddha that has like... I don't know how many flavors of popcorn. We tried some popcorn. We got a little bit of popcorn. Then we went to a Mexican restaurant. Mind you, we're in a very small area here. And then we came back and ate some gooey butter cake. So uh, if it seems a little disconnected, it is. But anyway, we're going to jump back into another topic. And this is a topic we wanted to talk about because Kimber and I are actually on a road trip. We went up to Indiana and then down to Missouri and tomorrow morning, from the time we're recording this, we're going to actually be heading out to uh, Florida. So, uh, this made us wonder about the question of driving versus flying. Because we had that choice on this trip to drive or fly, but we chose to drive because it opened up some options. But that's a little bit different scenario. So, we want to talk about the advantages of driving and the advantages of flying when you go into a cruise port. So, uh, what... What are some advantages of, let's start with driving. What are some advantages of driving rather than flying? Anybody want to chime in on that?
0: It's easier to make your packing list.
1: What do you mean it's easier to make your packing list?
0: You don't have to pack some things in carry on and some things that are going to get checked, and it's just easier not to have to think about it so much.
1: Okay, so yeah, you don't, you have a little bit more flexibility, you don't have to worry about getting that certain amount of carry-on and having to pay all that extra money to get your luggage on the airplane. The weight. The weight, yeah. There's weight limits. I don't know, Mom, do you ever have to worry about weight limits of your luggage?
0: I always do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And not only is a weight limit an issue going, but a weight limit could be an issue coming back too, Mm -hmm. uh, which could be another advantage to driving. Let's say that you are going to pick up some souvenirs. Well, coming off the ship you can pretty much get whatever you can carry whatever you can roll off the ship you're good you can even get a porter or something to uh take care of that for you but you know if you're flying back you're then bottlenecked and limited as to what you can move around but if you're driving you can do whatever you want so yeah that, that makes it a little bit easier as far as that goes what what are some other advantages to driving
0: you can stop along the way and see sights if you have time.
1: So you can kind of extend your vacation. You can you can sightsee. I don't know if we're going to... Are we going to stop anywhere on the way to Florida in the next day?
2: Um, not to sightsee, but I think we're going to stop what, to to meet up with your dad and maybe to stay overnight.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah. So we're going to stop and see my dad Is kind of on the way back to Florida and... Uh, we're gonna spend the night somewhere we don't know where yet, but you know, maybe maybe it'll be in Florida, like Pensacola. Maybe we'll go to the beach or something.
2: Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so that's another advantage to driving, is it? Maybe opens up a way to extend or add on to your already fun cruise vacation, especially if you're coming down to Florida. A lot I know a lot of people go to Florida and they don't just go on a cruise. They'll spend a little bit of time before, or after the cruise, and they'll maybe they'll hit Orlando and go to the theme parks, or they'll, you know, depending on what city they're in, maybe they'll hit some of the local attractions. I, I know when I went out of Jacksonville, I extended that stay and went to St. Augustine. So that's another advantage to driving over flying. Any other advantages you guys can think of?
2: Um, it could be cheaper.
1: It definitely could be cheaper if you are with a group, like a family then driving is almost definitely going to be cheaper. Um, If you're only going to have one person, maybe even two people, then you got to kind of price that out and see what's going to be the least expensive. But I mean, if you're driving, you're paying for gas. You're maybe paying for maybe an extra hotel, depending on how far of a drive you've got. And that's about it. So airline costs can be pretty expensive, you're probably going to be more doing the more budgeted option if you actually drive down.
2: Do you know of anything else, Matt? Anything else on, on your list of driving?
1: I do because this kind of happened to us on this trip. So we left and we were heading down and uh, we were coming to my mom's house and I knew we were going to be you know, stomping around in the, in the woods a little bit. And it occurred to me that I did not have the right shoes. So what did you do? What I did is I bought some shoes, which is a a pretty simple thing. But if you were flying down to Florida or wherever you're going to cruise out of and then getting on the ship like the next day, one, you would have to either get a cab or an Uber or hope that there's a place close enough that you could go to. Maybe you're going to fly in that night and then you don't have time. Maybe the stores are closed. But if you're driving down and you forget something, it gives you a little bit more time to get that stuff that you actually forgot. So that can be another advantage to driving over flying. Those are all the advantages I can think of to driving over flying. You guys have any other ones? No, that's about it. Okay, well, let's go to flying. So, and and to be fair here, I mean, I usually drive, I've always driven, but then I've always cruised out of Florida and I live in Florida. So I've never, the furthest I've ever gone to get to a cruise terminal is about, Four or five hours, and that was only that long because of traffic. So, uh, I've never had a really long commute to a cruise terminal, but mom, you have always flown to the cruise terminal, correct? Yes. And, uh,
0: <laughs> and you know why. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So, so, and boy, are her arms tired, but, uh, <laughs> But but you, but you fly down, and that's, and that's because it's it, – why? What, what is the – why don't you drive down?
0: Because I would be lost and end up in Alaska.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to cruise to Alaska, maybe that – Right. But, but yeah, so, so you don't have to worry about directions. You don't have to worry about um, the actual drive itself. But um, what are some other advantages to flying over driving? It's
0: less time um you're there in a matter of hours instead of a couple days
1: yeah i mm-hmm. mean it's it's a lot quicker um you're depending on where you're going i mean if you're going to cruise out of australia then you got a long but you can't drive there so it's yeah. a moot point but but yeah so it's going to be a lot quicker so maybe you can't take that time off maybe you just don't want to spend that extra time getting back and forth whatever the reason if if faster is what you need the plane is going to be the way to do that. Now, uh, there are some other advantages to flying too. Kimber, what are some advantages you can think of to flying to a cruise?
2: You don't have a car, so you don't have to figure out where to leave it, or park it, or pay for that parking.
1: Yeah, so you can just fly into town. You can either, if you're really crazy and you fly in the morning of, then you can just take a taxi right to the cruise terminal. But if you are going to get a hotel or something, you can make sure to get a hotel that either has a service that gets you to the cruise board, or you can arrange to have a car, a taxi cab, or an Uber or something take you there. You don't have to worry about paying that fee. I mean, most places that you park are going to be somewhere between $10 and $20 a, a day to park for, while you're on a cruise, depending on whether it's a private lot or, or an official port lot. So if you're on a seven-night cruise, and let's say it's like $15 a day, I mean, that adds up. So you know, the the Uber in, the Uber out, or the taxi in, the taxi out, that's not going to be anywhere near that cost. And if you're sharing that cab with other people, it might even save you more. And some places will even have a free shuttle service right to the cruise terminal. So that can be another advantage. It can save you a little money, save you a little hassle by not having a car. So there's advantages to having a car, but there's also advantages to not having the car. Are there any other uh, advantages you guys can think of for flying to a cruise port.
2: Uh, yeah, it could open up more options as far as like where you can leave out of. Like us for Florida, we can obviously drive to Florida places easily, but for flying, you know, we could fly over to California and leave out of there.
1: Right. Like we said, you can't go to Australia by car. I mean, I guess you can if you have a really long ferry ride or something, but that would be insane. So, yeah, if you want to go, but it, like if I wanted to go to Baltimore, New York, definitely out of California. Or uh, you know an Alaska cruise? It's going to leave out of like what? Where did you leave from? Um, Washington State, or did you when you went to Alaska? What? Where did Seattle. you? Seattle. Seattle. So yeah, so that's going to be really uh, difficult to drive all the way out there. So it's it's going to open things up. And I know our friends Charlie and Bev. We just had dinner with them last night, and they recently went on a cruise, and they left out of Puerto Rico. So that allowed them to get to some islands that they wouldn't have gotten to go to as easily if they had left from Florida. And um, it was a pretty inexpensive time, and they really enjoyed Puerto Rico. So that's another kind of advantage to fly. I can't think of any other reasons why you would want to fly specifically. Anything else you guys can think of? No. no. So here's what I want you guys to do. Let me know. Do you fly or do you drive to that cruise terminal? Just send me an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. I want to know what you guys do and why. What... Are you like, no, I will never fly or I will never drive or, you know, maybe you take a train like I know Tommy Casabona and always be booked. He doesn't like to fly. So he takes a train sometimes like from New York down to Florida. What do you do and tell us why you do it? So speaking of emails, we did get one email this week and that is from Jennifer. So Jennifer had this to say.
2: Hi, Matt. I really enjoyed your most recent podcast about cruising out of Tampa. It sounds like a nice area and I'd like to visit. The History Museum and Tampa Aquarium are right up my alley. I'd also like to mention the Clearwater Marine Aquarium where Winter the Dolphin lives from the movie Dolphin Tale. I've been to Clearwater in the past and to the aquarium. It was a lot of fun. I'd like to hear your input on it if you have been there before.
1: I have been there before. Kimber, have you ever been to Clearwater Marine Aquarium? I have. You have and And uh, well, what were your impressions of it?
2: Um, it was a cool aquarium. However, I got through it really quick.
1: You like knew somebody that worked there, right? So you did like a behind-the-scenes tour, but that was all?
2: Yeah, I had a friend that was interning there, so she took me and did like a real quick tour through it, and then I left. So I didn't like walk through it as a guest.
1: So here's what I would say. Uh, Clearwater Marine Aquarium is definitely a cool aquarium. I, I didn't mention it last week, and I should have because... Uh, Moat Marine Aquarium is, is a really amazing aquarium, of course, Florida Aquarium I talked about, but Clearwater belongs in that group. Now, this is what I would say personally about Clearwater Marine Aquarium. You only spent, what, like 30 minutes? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, I think I was there about 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, so 30 minutes. I would say for the average visitor that's not doing behind the scenes... Probably about an hour to two hours is all you could expect to do there. It's it's a very tiny aquarium. Now, that doesn't mean that's a bad place to go. It's not. It's really cool. You get to see Winter and Hope from the movies. You know, movie star dolphins. That's pretty awesome. But just set your expectations appropriately. You are going to be supporting an aquarium that is doing a lot of good research. Basically, Clearwater Marine Aquarium really is mostly a rescue facility. So they're focused on dolphins obviously and then also sea turtles they have some river otters they have seabirds it's it's a neat place now they do have a boat you can go out on a little eco tour boat that would extend your visit time it is extra it's an additional fee and they used to have like a satellite facility in downtown Clearwater that had like movie props and stuff I couldn't find that listed on the website it's been a couple years since I've been there I don't know if that still exists. If it does, that's going to add probably a good 30 minutes to your visit. So definitely worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of Winter and Hope. So go over there and see that. But just realize it's not going to take a ton of time to go through unless you just really want to sit there and watch Dolphins for a really long time. Which, you know, if you do, I totally respect that. So thank you, Jennifer, for your email. And remember, if you have comments, stories, questions... You can send those to FintasticCruising at gmail.com. All right, well, it is time for the cruise creature. And since I am at my mom's house, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about a creature that is technically a cruise creature, but is also at my mom's. Cows. Cows are not what I was thinking of. Now, if those (laughs) cows were sea cows, we could definitely go that direction. But, Mom, you don't have any sea cows in the back, do you? No, I wish I did. I know you wish you did, but you don't. And we we did see some box turtles today, which are pretty specific to the United States for the most part. Uh, but So that wouldn't be an actual cruise creature. But of course, if if you know my mom at all from Facebook, you probably are aware that she is like the hummingbird whisperer. So I think I mentioned earlier we were going to talk about these hummingbirds. When we came down here, uh, down here, when we came up here, um, we were hoping the hummingbirds wouldn't have left yet. And they haven't because like what? Last week you said there were only like four or five? Yes. Yeah. and Now this we've seen like ten or more every day, so it's been pretty exciting. And mom, do you know what what species of hummingbird do you have here?
0: They're the ruby throated.
1: Yeah, and what do they look like? Tell everybody what they they're
0: look. They're like. green and white, and if they're males, they have a ruby throat, and if they're females, it's white.
1: Yeah. So they're they're that's what we call sexually dimorphic. So that means that they're you could tell them them apart, male and female by physical characteristics so they're easy to to tell apart and this particular species a ruby throated hummingbird is here right now but the reason that i'm calling them a cruise creature is because they do have quite the migration and they will travel all the way down to mexico right yes so that's pretty impressive and you could definitely see these on one of your cruises if you're going on a western caribbean cruise it's certainly possible to see these hummingbirds so mom tell us how do you get all these hummingbirds here because right now 10 but over the summer you had what, how many hummingbirds did you have
0: 65 i count it si- 65
1: hummingbirds. 65
0: hummingbirds
1: 65 hummingbirds i don't know how you count them because they're like Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. i've got some videos i'll post them on the facebook group so check those out but yeah uh how do you get all these hummingbirds to come to your house?
0: I have 10 to 12 feeders hanging out there all the time, always clean, always full of sugar water. Four cups of sugar to one quart of water. And you have to keep it fresh and cooked and, and ready for them. And the feeder extremely clean. You don't want them to get sick. And the first couple come when we started out this spring. There were two. The next day there were four. The next day there were six. And on the next day, there were 20-something. And they all stayed. We were going through three quarts of sugar water a day. And they all stayed until just a couple weeks ago. And it, we had a cold spell. And many of them left. And we had four or maybe six, which really upset me because I knew Matt was coming <laughs> and wanted to see the hummingbirds. And we had a little bit of a warm spell. And I don't take my feeders in. You're supposed to wait until two weeks after the last time you see a hummingbird. So I don't take them in, and all of a sudden we had 20 and 24, and we had 30 last week. When they get here, they're very skinny. They're really undernourished, and they're hungry, and they look like they're sick. When they leave here, they're all fat and fluffy, <laughs> and they look like they're ready to make the trip.
1: And, and look, you know how it is when you go to like your mom's, or your grandma's, and they're like, you need to eat more food. This is what my mom does, but for hummingbirds. So she's getting them ready to meet you guys in the Caribbean. And these little birds, they are they are impressive. So some of these little guys go down to the Yucatan Peninsula. That's, so that's like Progresso, Cancun, Cozumel. This is where they're chilling. This is where they're hanging out. And then they fly back and forth over the water to like sometimes Louisiana or Florida. So we're talking like 500 miles, nonstop flight over the water. And scientifically, that would require like so much energy that it would exceed the amount of energy that that little hummingbird could, could have in its body because they only weigh like three grams. But this is what happens. The birds could double their fat mass preparing for this crossing. So my mom is really like prepping them for their for their trip, down to the, the down to Mexico for their ocean trip. They don't have a cruise, they don't get like the buffet and all that stuff. But they get they get the stop at my mom's beforehand and she fattens up these little birds so they look like little poof balls probably. <laughs> I can only imagine. And then they and then they fly down like 20 hour nonstop over the water, no food, no water. Uh, well, I mean there's water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. And uh, and they they're able to do that. And that's pretty outstanding. So uh, these birds are pretty cool. And they're not very big, right? They're like, what, from like head to to butt, they're probably, what, a few inches or something? Maybe
0: two and a half, possibly three inches, if you stretched them out straight. And um, they weigh like what a cotton ball weighs.
1: Yeah, she knows that because they (laughs) land on her hand to feed. Because these birds know her specifically. Like, I've been here... Other times, and the birds are flying around, and there's new people, and they're like a little shy. I mean, they're still pretty bold, but um, once they get to know you, they'll come right up to you. And for her, they just, she's like, I don't know, it's like Disney or something. I don't know, it's it's weird. But anyway, these little birds are pretty adorable. Now, you said that you've seen them nesting, too?
0: Yes, we have a large patch of wildflowers right behind the deck, and I let them grow extremely tall because I knew that's where they would nest. They normally would nest in the cedar tree back behind that area. But all summer and late spring, we had probably 30 to 40 hummingbirds that would stay there. And when they'd see me on the deck feeding, they'd all come buzzing up right away (laughs) to get the fresh food. And I... You can tell I love hummingbirds. Another amazing fact, Matt, is that not only do they fly back to the United States each year, but they come back to the same home where they'd been the year before. And I have ten to twelve feeders out, and they will go to the same feeder that they fed from before. And that just blows my mind.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, how do they know? But yeah, they're, so they're they're very specific, and uh, and that's cool. There's there's a lot of birds that do that they'll have very specific like not just stops for the summer and winter but even stops along their their trip during their migration that's why it's so important that we keep like natural areas along bird migration paths because even though like sandhill cranes might only pass this area for a few weeks out of the year or something uh, if if you deforest or or get rid of that one little habitat where they're used to like stopping and having their layover it can really mess up that whole bird's population. So with hummingbirds, they're they're just like that. They come to very specific places where they get to know, and uh, and that's where they're comfortable. So pretty amazing stuff. Now these little guys have some other cool stuff. I did a little research on them and found out that they are heartbeats at like one thousand two hundred sixty beats per minute. So that's a lot more than mind beats, and that's about twelve hundred times more than mine beats in a minute I think but, um, but yeah that's pretty fast and they have about 250 breaths per minute even when they're resting so if you see these guys flying around like they're like they you almost think they're little bumblebees or something they're buzz, buzz, they're just buzzing you let you you always say they buzz you
0: yes they're very noisy yeah
1: they're no yeah they're noisy and the, and then the other thing is they make sounds like they little chirp yeah <laughs> yeah so they're pretty cool and uh, and it's really cool to watch them fly. They're, another thing that I found out is that their wings are only attached at one point on their shoulder joint, and so this allows them to move their wings really fast, but also they can rotate them at almost 180 degrees, which is why if you watch them flying around, you can see them flying forwards and backwards and even just hovering, where it looks like they're just sitting still in the air. It's really, really cool. So, Let's say you're down, really, I mean, we're talking about the the ruby-throated, but there are hummingbirds throughout the whole Caribbean. There's different species down there. Um, And so when you're in these ports, you're probably not going to see hummingbird feeders, but you can still look for hummingbirds. Like, Mom, are there any sorts of flowers that you would look for specifically or any signs you would look for maybe where a hummingbird might be attracted to?
0: Any large, brightly colored flower they seem to be attracted to. They love pinks and reds and purples.
1: And we've seen some hummingbirds in, uh, I think, Belize. Yes. We saw them. I think I've seen them in a couple other ports. And you got to really watch for them because they're not going to be like 60 of them flying around like at my mom's. But, no. <laughs> but you might see one buzz by and then buzz off again. We were at the St. Louis Zoo uh, yesterday, and um, we saw a hummingbird there. And it was just one. And it was there was a hummingbird feeder, but I only saw it on the flowers. I don't know if it was going after the feeder too, but it was just it was there for a second, then it was gone, and then a couple minutes later, it was back for a second, it was gone. So the ones that that we've seen in the in the Caribbean and stuff, um, you don't see them a whole lot of time. Like you'll just you have to kind of catch them, and you have to be looking for them. So when I talk about cruise creatures, one of the things I always emphasize is that. You know, some of them are just going to be there and you're just going to see them. But in a lot of cases, you need to really seek them out if you want to see some of these really cool cruise creatures. And hummingbirds are probably one of the best examples of that. You really have to look for these animals. But if you do, it can be super rewarding. So anything else you want to tell us about hummingbirds? If you see them, put out some sugar water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, do any of you guys have hummingbird feeders? You have a lot of hummingbirds? Let me know. Fantastic cruising at gmail.com. All right, now on a real quick note, so I wasn't gonna do a cruise tip, but since we just met with our friends Charlie and Bev, as well as Katie and Andrew, who my mom and I have cruised with before, and they're really close friends of ours, they, uh, they kind of gave me a good idea for a cruise tip because they were on the Carnival Fascination, the one that went out of Puerto Rico, and they had a really awesome cruise. They went to St. Thomas, St. Kitts, um, St. Lucia, uh, Barbados it was it sounded amazing but anyway this is what happened they were on their second to last day and Charlie and Bev were I think they were coming in from an excursion and they when you know you like go go through the thing and they scan your card and they're like bling, and then they kind of wave you on board well this happened and when when Bev went on there they were like got on the phone so immediately they were nervous they're like what's going on why are they on the phone when they see Bev well Turned out they were like, oh, you need to go out and talk to guest services. Their room was flooded. So what had happened was there was some work being done on another room. I think it might have been down the hall or above them or something. Right next to them. Right next to them. So right next to them. And some somehow water was leaking. And the way that these ships work is that they're made that if water starts to flow in there, it channels on the floor and stuff, which is good for ships not sinking, but bad for your stateroom, so their entire floor was soaking wet. Now, here's my first tip, okay? They didn't have too much on the floor, but I know this has happened to to Tony and Jenny at Lalita Loca, I've heard of other people where this has happened, where their stateroom floods. Always make sure that you have anything that is maybe could be ruined easily by water, especially like technology stuff, like computers. Get that stuff off the floor. I have a bad habit of like leaving my iPad on the floor because I'm like doing you know do something on it late at night and then I just set it down. Don't do that. <laughs> Make sure you get that up a few inches off the floor. As long as it's up, up on a table or something, you're going to be fine. But uh, their room flooded and then they didn't have any extra rooms because it was a full ship. So they made them stay in this room and then they actually gave them, well, they originally were going to give them a credit for the for the last day and they had to like have a fan in there and it was musty they said it was kind of gross uh, they were like can we use this credit on a future cruise and they were like no you can't you have to use it on this cruise and they, they, they don't drink they're they're not big gamblers so they're like what are we gonna do this is this is crazy so they kind of lived it up that night they spent some of that money about a hundred dollars of that money and then they got a, a message saying oh we decided we're going to give it to you in cash <laughs> so lesson to be learned um, you know, make sure that you really wheel and deal. I don't know what they could have done differently because they had already talked to guest services. But I guess the, the more important thing is don't put your valuable stuff on the floor if it could be ruined. Uh, now, they were going to cover. They said they were going to cover anything that got destroyed. Um, they were offering to wash their clothes and all that sort of thing. But I really wonder if my... Big old iPad Pro had been flooded with water if they would have really bought me a new one or not. So uh, I don't want to find out. I don't want to test that out. I'm just going to try and remember to follow my own tip and not leave my stuff on the floor. That's probably what most people would prefer anyway. So <laughs> so there's your extra little bonus tip for this week. Okay, one last thing I wanted to talk about before we go, and that is Inktober. When this comes out we will be merely a day or two away from october and october is when inktober starts now if you're not familiar inktober is a thing that a lot of artists do or every day i mean that's the goal not everybody does it every day but theoretically every day of the month of october you create an ink drawing and whether that's digital ink or just black ink or copic markers with alcohol based ink it's up to you this is not there's no hard fast rules for this it's just it's just a fun thing to do a lot of people participate i participated the last 2 years and it was an absolute blast so this year i wanted to give it a little bit of a twist okay inktober is a thing that thousands of people do. Jake Parker is an artist that started it, and he has a a prompt list that he comes out with, with 31 different words. And then if you want, you can follow those words and and do something along that theme. I want to do it a little bit differently. I want to sort of claim a little piece of Inktober for us. And so I'm going to do sort of a cruise version of Inktober. Uh, A little while back, I asked for people to put suggestions for Inktober words or prompts on the fantastic Cruising Community over on Facebook. We got a lot of feedback from that. It was great. Uh, So what I did is I I kind of came up with a list of 31 from all those options. Some of them I combined. Some of them I just took exactly the way they were. And I'm going to try and do Inktober. I think, Mom, are you going to try and do Inktober with me? I think so. (laughs) She thinks so. Kimber, are you going to do Inktober? I'm going to attempt it. She's going to attempt it. So Here's the thing. All the words we got, or most of the words we got, are um, kind of Halloween and nautical or cruise related. There may be a couple that aren't, but for the most part they are. And what I want to do is invite everyone out there that wants to, to participate in this with us. So all you have to do if you want to participate in, in this little corner of Inktober is post your pictures over on the Fantastic Cruising Community, you can hashtag them. Let me come up with a fun hashtag besides just October two thousand nineteen, but that's like the general one. Um, and you can use that hashtag even if you're not following the official list, and it's it's cool. It's okay. We're artists. We're not you know worried about that. But anyway, um, you can also go over to like Instagram and and hashtag it. But if you want to participate, and I like I said, I'd love for to get a lot of people participating in it this year. We can all kind of share. Our artwork over on Fantastic Cruising Community. What I'm probably going to do is make a single post where we can just start putting them all up there. Um, I may do one for every day or every week. I'm not exactly sure yet. I will give you more information on the community itself. But look forward to even if you don't participate, look forward to seeing those uh, drawings and, and stuff coming out. All right, everybody, that is going to wrap up this episode of Fantastic Cruising. Thank you, everybody, for following along, listening in. Please remember if you have questions, comments, stories, send them my way to fantasticcruising at gmail.com. But until next time, we're just going to say goodbye. Mom, you want to say goodbye to everybody out there? Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. See you on the ship side. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic week. To play it well now. I have it that's in different pieces, so I'm gonna to have to edit it. Edit it at all, and okay. Then, yeah. you know. What are you doing?
0: She wants to go boing, isn't that what they do on the thing when they're signing up?
1: She'd oh, be Why Are you doing that? That's creepy.
0: I know <laughs> <laughs> she's practicing for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so long, farewell. I'll be the shining
1: Good night. Adieu,
0: adieu. To you and you and you. Let's not do that. <laughs> I was being silly. you got that on recording.
1: That's true, I do actually. Yeah. What? Because we're recording right now. Oh no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs>